on uh, just our, our being with uh, Jesus uh, series and uh, going as we're going through the book of John. Uh, last week, Pastor Cameron uh, delivered a great word on John 12 uh, titled um, Work, Worship, and Witness, and how our work is important to Jesus, our worship is important to Jesus, and our witness is important to him. And it was a really, really good word. And so this week, surprise, surprise, we're going to be working through John 13. So, um, and without further ado, we're just going to jump into the word. I'm reading out of the the English uh, uh, Standard Version. You can read in whatever version you like, but I like this one. And we're just going to begin in verse 1 this morning. So, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart, out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, so now we're at, we're at this is the last supper where Jesus gathers with his disciples. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him or given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist, then poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, if I was one of the disciples and we were all sitting around this table and Jesus gets up and he takes off his outer garment and then takes a towel and wraps around himself and then pours a a pitcher of water into a basin, I'd be be thinking, "What what is Jesus doing right now? Like... What's going on? And then he starts to wash his disciples' feet. I think I would be kind of like awestruck at that moment, like like dumbfounded, like, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) come on, like, I should be washing your feet. Um, I should be washing Pastor Doug's feet. I didn't bring my my wash basin. I'm sorry this morning. (laughs) But... uh, but no, Jesus starts washing uh, his disciples' feet. And I know Pastor Doug has actually done this before, and he's an amazing servant. We have an amazing pastor, and he leads by example. But so the, I, I think the, the disciples, as I would be, are just kind of dumbfounded in this moment. Like, Jesus, what are you doing? And like, you don't, you don't hear any, any conversation uh, until it says, uh, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? So I think Simon is kind of maybe a few people down, and they're all kind of spellbound, like, like, what are you doing, Jesus? And all of a sudden, Peter's like, no, this isn't right. Like, what are you, you doing? I should be washing your feet. And that's what he says. He said, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards, you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. It's like, hey, this is this is, you know, this is below you. You're you're Jesus. You're the teacher. I'm the servant. I should be doing this to you. No. And um, and Jesus responds to him, "If I do not wash you, you have no share with me." Simon Peter said to him, "Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head." <laughs> it's like, okay, I want to have a share with you. Like, okay, and just wash all of me. Like, and so, uh, and then Jesus says, 
The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was about to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Now in this, Peter is like, Peter's getting his feet washed by Jesus. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, I need to do this or you don't have any place with me. And when Jesus is saying that, he's not saying, Peter, I need to physically wash you head to toe like for you to be clean. He's, he's saying, I need to serve you and wash you spiritually. And unless you let me serve you and wash you spiritually, you're not going to have a place with me. Now, Peter, being as dense and as dull as he was, didn't understand this. <laughs> I think we're pretty dense and dull sometimes, too. A little understanding, misunderstanding at times. But Jesus is saying, hey, you need to let me serve you. You need to let me go to the cross for you so that I can wash you of your sins so that you can be free. And unless you do this, unless you let me serve you, then you don't have a place with me. And... Um, and then, you know, he goes on to say, if you've been washed, it's done. It's finished. I've washed you. You don't have to be washed again. Once you accept Jesus into your life and you repent of your sins, you don't have to go back and repent of those sins once ever again. It's done. It's finished. He's given you that, that salvation, that freedom. But it's about the heart. You know, that's why he says, you know, only your hands need to be washed or your, only your feet need to be washed. He's saying... Always have a surrendered and submissive heart to God. So that when, you, and when we go through life, the Bible says, die to yourself daily. If you mess up, just be like, God, I'm sorry. Thank you for saving me. Wash your hands and continue on. But we don't need to be completely washed again. So verse 12, as we continue on here. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do, not, do you not understand what I have done to you? Obviously they didn't. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, you are, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also also should do just as I have done for you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So Jesus gave us an example. I like how Jesus, he always gives us an example. How many of you have kids or have ever raised kids, been around kids, know what kids can be like? <laughs> No, they can be messy. Toys, clothes, food. That's the gross one. I've been now instituted a rule for my son. He's 11 now, and he should get it by now. If I find any dirty dishes in your room, it's going to cost you a quarter for every dish. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of... It's interesting, whenever you ask them to do, the, do something, do a chore, do I have to? Well, yes, you're part of the family. But I don't feel like it. I don't want to. Why do I have to? It's like, because I don't want to clean up your stuff. Like, I mean, I'm already cleaning up your stuff all day long. Like, come on, you could do this one chore. Or, you know, well, I didn't make that mess. No, I know you didn't make that mess, but you're part of this family, and you're going to serve the family. <laughs> um, 
couple of years ago, we were all sitting around the dinner table, and my wife asked my son, Logan, can you get up and go get the napkins for us? And he gets up, and he's like, fine. He walks slowly over to the pantry, grabs the napkins, and brings them to the table. And my wife, trying to encourage him and, and tell him he did a good job, and says, Logan, thank you. Thank you for being a servant. To his reply was, yeah, but I'm not a happy one. <laughs> but it's so true to ourselves sometimes, right? We're doing things, but on the inside, we're like, I hate, I hate this right now. I do not want to be doing this right now. I have no desire to do this right now. I wish I was somewhere else. <laughs> but... God wants us to be, Jesus wants us to be a servant like he was a servant. Verse 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus makes this declaration statement right after he serves and says, Do as I have done. Do to others as I have done to you. And then he says, this is a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved. Do as I have done, love as I have loved. So Jesus is equating serving with loving here. So on your notes, to truly love, we must serve. And there's a book out there, I don't remember the author, maybe Pastor Doug can help me. It's called The Five Love Languages. Five different ways that people Give or show love and receive love. And the first one that you can write down on your list is words of affirmation. Tell somebody, give, give somebody words of encouragement. That's a way to, to serve them. It's a way to love them, to, to help them. Tell them that they're gonna, doing a good job. I've had some uh, good coaches, baseball coaches, sports coaches in in my life that have uh, encouraged me. Even, you know, if I made a mistake, they say, hey, you can do it, you got this. Um, and I've tried to do that uh, myself as well as I've grown up coaching. But just encouraging people, you know, with your words, speaking well of somebody, you know, uh, about them. It, uh, it's a way to love them and to serve them. Physical touch is the second one. Sometimes people just need a hug, you know? They just need to feel physically that, that you love them. I was just meeting with a friend, and he said he went over to this, his uh, house, and this little boy, he went to go shake his hand, and this little boy kind of withdrew. He's like, I don't shake hands. He's like, okay, well, can I give you a hug? Yes, you can give me a hug. That's kind of funny. Didn't like handshaking, but he took hugs. Sometimes people just need, just need that embrace, that physical touch. My daughter... My youngest, she's, a, she's funny, but she loves tiny tickles is what she calls it. Daddy, I want tiny tickles. And uh, she, uh, it's, it's actually quite hilarious. She gets mesmerized by it. And uh, she'll come up, and if I just start to give her little touches on her arm, she'll just kind of get this blank stare like, yes, I love this. And then if you stop, she'll be like, more. 
She's like, no, just keep doing it. And it's actually, I, I need to record it. It's pretty funny, the, the face she gives. But some people just need that touch. Number three is gifts. Some people are good gift givers, good gift receivers. My mom, she loves, loves, loves giving people gifts. And we keep telling her every Christmas, stop giving our kids toys and things. Our house is full of them. But she continues to give them gifts because that's her love. That's the way she likes to love and serve her grandkids. And so every Christmas, there's still at least five presents underneath the tree for each one of them. (laughs) And you can't give it away because it's from Grammy. So our house just keeps getting fuller and fuller. Uh, The next one is acts of service. Another way to love somebody like Jesus was showing his disciples serving him by washing their feet and, uh, or, you know, serving in, in other ways, making uh, somebody a meal that needs a meal or mowing, mowing their lawn or, or whatever it may be. That's a way to show somebody that you love them by serving. And uh, last one, number five, is quality time. Sometimes people just need you to be there for them. And... And love on them by being there physically for them. I know it's, it's good sometimes to be like, you know, I'm with you in spirit. I'm praying for you. But sometimes you need to physically be there. And, and, and be that kind of warm body for somebody to talk to and process things through. And um, so my wife is actually a quality time person. Uh, I'm a words of affirmation person. That's how I like to receive and, and serve. And so I, a lot of times, tell my wife, you know, I love you, you're awesome, blah, 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 blah. But she doesn't feel that service, that love, until I actually spend that time with her. So it's learning how to love people and serve people the way they, they receive it. Um, and so Jesus gave us that example by, in this, in this context, in this passage by washing feet and now as Jesus is washing feet like it's not just pulling off a a, a shoe and a sweaty sock and washing some sweat off like they wore open toed like sandals they walked through dirty streets like that was full of poo of every sorts of animal and I'm sure some of the disciples are like Jesus what are you doing like I don't even wash my feet. That's why they look the way they do. Like, I'm not even going to touch that. Like, <laughs> So, but Jesus went to that level. He's like, even what you won't do for yourself, I will do for you. I will serve you in this way because I love you. When I was in college, I, uh, during the summer, did what a lot of people do. You get a summer job to kind of help pay for the the college ahead, and one of the jobs that I got um, was at Grace Harbor County, and we were called the the Summer Help, and we were in charge of doing everything that everybody didn't, else didn't want to do. All the full time employees, like we don't want to do that, and make the Summer Help do it. <laughs> so, and our main job was uh, driving around logging roads and picking up the garbage that people dumped on the side of the road or dumped out there for whatever for a reason. We cleaned up some pretty nasty stuff and that actually one of the the full-time employees at the county his job was to drive around and find them for us to pick up (laughs) it's like here's your list awesome 
Um, and then whatever uh, other uh, job that these guys didn't want to do, they had us do. Hey, you know, summer help. Low, low guys on the totem pole, they're, they're going to do it. So I remember uh, one point, I don't exactly know why or what we were setting up for, but it was at the, the county fairgrounds, something to do with the fair coming up, and there was this pile of gravel that needed to be shoveled, leveled out, spread out, uh, maybe to, uh, build something on top, I'm not sure. So they called us summer help over to, to go level this, this giant uh, mound of gravel, and we're there, and we're working there for a little bit, and then uh, this county commissioner shows up, and uh, which was surprising to me. You never never see these guys. They're off in meetings and, and doing, you know, things that are are important. Um, but he shows up, and he's wearing, you know, nice shoes, slacks, sport coat, nice shirt and tie. And I'm just like, wow, you know, he's he's like coming to, you know, see what us summer helper doing. That's that's kind of cool. Like like he's showing up and and overseeing and and stuff. So. And so we worked for a little bit longer, and then he did something that I totally didn't expect. He took off his sport coat, and he may have loosened his tire or whatever, but then he walked over and he grabbed a shovel, and he started scooping the gravel with us and, and spreading it out with us. And he worked with us for like, I don't know, it was over an hour until the actual job was, was done. And uh, he was sweaty. He was dirty. You know, his shoes, his nice shoes were dirty. His, his white shirt had had dirt on it, and I was just like, wow, like, he didn't have to do that. And I wouldn't have thought anything of it if he would have just showed up and be like, hey, you know what, you guys are doing awesome, keep it going, and took off. I would have thought that was cool. But he took up the shovel and started helping us and serving with us, giving us that example and I, I remember, I mean, obviously, you know, this is like 20 years ago now, that made an impression on me. As I watched this guy serve, I, I uh, was thinking to myself, you know, in the, even in that moment, it's like, I want to be, be a leader like that. I, wanna, I want to not just um, tell people to do things and not be willing to do them myself. But I want to show by example how to serve, how to love. And that, that commissioner was a great example to me, and I remember taking that away. I want to I be like that. And that's what Jesus did. 1 John three sixteen through 18 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet loses, closes his heart against him, how does God love, love abide him? Little children, let us not be, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Let us love in deed. Let us love by serving. One of the things that's so uh, striking to me in this passage, in this story is as we, we um, kind of skipped over these verses, but in John 13, 18 through 33, Jesus predicts uh, Judas's betrayal. And he goes through and he says, one of you is going to betray me. And he goes through and explains how they're going to betray him. And they're all, all the disciples are asking, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? 
And he's like, it's going to be the one that I give this morsel of bread to. And he gives the morsel of bread to Judas, and they're still, they still can't figure it out. They still don't know who's going to be. I, I don't understand. Bright group of people here. Just like myself sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't get it, God. I was like, seriously? I'm, I'm, I'm clearly explaining this to you. How do you not get it? But they go through that, and Jesus predicts Judas' betrayal. And in verses 36 through 38, he predicts uh, Peter's denial. So Judas, who's about to basically just stab him in the back and betray him, and Peter, who's about to deny that he ever knew him. And Peter, if you remember, denies him three times. And the number three in the Bible is the number of completeness. So Peter completely denies Jesus, completely severing that relationship, that friendship. And I know that even in the forefront, that was hurting Jesus. So what's striking about this is that Jesus, he washed Judas's feet. He washed Peter's feet. He washed the feet of those who would betray him deny him, persecute him, never accept him. He served those, he loved those that he knew were going to hurt him. Come on, that is amazing. He served those that had already hurt him, and he knew, and he served those who were going to hurt him. Man, I don't... I'm thinking, like, if I knew what Jesus knew, I probably wouldn't do what Jesus did, you know? He's like, well, that's Jesus. He's God. He can do that stuff. That's not me. But Jesus asks us to do that stuff, and not just asks us. We actually see it in this passage where he says, you know, not just a, a suggestion. Do this if you feel like it if you feel like you're up for it. But let's go back to verse 34. It says what? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So this isn't just a suggestion. This is a commandment that God gives us, that Jesus gives us, that we're to love as he loved, serve as he served, love those who persecute us, love those who speak bad against us, who try to hurt us. You're like, well, I can't do that. That's just impossible. And you're right, it is. In our own strength, it is impossible to do that. But that's why Jesus left this earth so that he could send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to give us his strength and his ability to do what we can't, to be a servant. So on your notes, Jesus commands us to love and serve those who have and will hurt us like he did. And the only way we can do that is by his power, by his grace. So you can teach 
you can teach somebody to serve, can tell somebody to serve and do something, but that's most likely, and you can try to force yourself to serve. But that's just going to produce a, well, I'm serving, but I'm not a happy servant. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what's so amazing about this is that Jesus served the ones who would hurt him and betray him. And he he was happy to do it. He wasn't reluctant in doing this. He desired to do this because he loved these people, regardless of what they had done or were going to do to him, regardless of what they said or were going to say about him. He loved them. I've said this before. Jesus came to die for our sins, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. For God so had to save the world, no. For God so loved the world that he gave his son and Jesus gave his life for us because he loved us. He served us because he loved us. So you can teach somebody to serve and you can force yourself to serve. But a servant's heart, which Jesus desires for you, is caught, not taught. If you want to get Jesus' heart to love and serve people, you need to spend time with him so that his heart becomes your heart, so that you start to see people the way he sees people. See that, yeah, they may say some ugly stuff about you, may try to hurt you, but they're still people and they're broken and they need Jesus. And when you get his heart and his vision and his power and his grace, You get that ability to love and serve like he serves. Another suggestion I would give you is spend time with God. It it, it takes a lot of just spending time with him and getting his heart, but also spending time around other people who serve in that unconditional way because they've spent time with Jesus as well. And a couple people that just right off the top of my head come to mind as Pastor Lois. She's a great servant. She loves to serve, loves to, you know, you'll, you'll see her, you'll see her mopping a floor. You'll see her in the kitchen cleaning things up. She's a great servant. And Lynn Jessen as well. The chairs are all in a row, nice and neat, and the floors are all swept and clean because of her. Because she loves you guys. Because she wants you guys to be able to walk in and have a, a clean place, orderly place to sit so that your focus can be on receiving from God, not the stain or the, the dirty seat that you're sitting in. So spend time with God and spend time around other people who love to serve. And you will catch the heart and it will no longer become a have to. You will want to. You will want to serve as Jesus served like he commands us to do. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. So amazing. 
how the king of heaven, heaven and earth, creator of the world, creator of everything that we see and even can't see, came to serve. He says it in uh, Matthew 20, 25 through 28, says, But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever for, would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as ransom for many. It doesn't matter your position, your status, whatever. God has called us to serve, especially to serve those that, you know, are in need of it. Jesus, King of heaven, Lord over all, washing poo off of somebody's feet. And he commands us to do the same. And then he gave us life for us. So with every head bowed, I want to just give us an opportunity this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed, an opportunity for anybody here who may not know this amazing uh, servant king, may not even know that he served you in dying on the cross to save you from your sins, to wash you clean, to give you a new, uh, a new life, a new hope. Or maybe at one point you did make that commitment, but you've walked away and you want to recommit your life to God. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want, if that's you this morning, you want to give your life, you want to be washed, you want to be cleansed, like Jesus said, I, I want to serve you in this way. If that's you, can you just lift your hand so I can see? Is anybody here like that? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. For those online as well. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. And for you online as well, you can make this declaration as well. And God says that you know, if we declare with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we are saved. Just like Jesus said in this passage, hey, if I wash you, you don't need to be washed again. Like I'm washing this away. So let's just say this prayer together in faith as a body of Christ with those who raise their hands. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place. Jesus, thank you for, for serving me, washing me of my sins. Forgive me of all my sins. From this day, I promise to serve you. Be my boss, be my Lord, and be my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, that's the best decision you can ever make. the best decision you can ever make and continue to make and let Jesus serve you in his heart getting on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for us, but first I want us to just worship for a little bit. And if I could have the altar team come up, if there's anything that you want prayer for, specifically you want prayer for, please come up and get prayer. If you need to be healing, need healing, if you need uh, provision, please come up and, and be a little bit vulnerable and letting somebody pray for you and believe that God is going to move in your circumstance. 
but let's just worship for a little bit before we close.